Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to go to verse 14 now. We're going to go to verse 14, and we're going to look at it together. And now I've ta- I, I told you this morning that you, you need to know who your battle is really with. And so I want to talk about now, amen, we win. Amen, we win. And so uh, Ephesians chapter 6, if you'd stand for the reading of God's word, if you can. Verse 14, beginning in verse 14, it says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shud your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to talk about this morning, we win. Six essential things for spiritual warfare. Six essential things for spiritual warfare. Most of us here today, at some point in your Christian journey, you have encountered a spiritual attack. I want to tell you that a spiritual attack can come in unnoticed. As a matter of fact, as I said at 9 o'clock, a lot of what you're dealing with right now is really a spiritual attack. It started in the spiritual realm and it is manifesting itself in the physical realm. I told you that you have entered into a war, a battle. The moment you were saved and you came on this side of the road, you entered into an age-old war. And I want to say to somebody here today that the devil does not want you to recognize that the battle that you're facing right now is not with your mama, it's not with your daddy, it's not with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife or your cousin or your aunt or your co-worker or your boss or anybody that has flesh and blood, not even your dog. Your battle, hallelujah, started in the spiritual realm. I told you already, it is, it is spiritual wickedness is what you're dealing with. Spiritual espionage. Spiritual lies. And it starts in the spiritual. Now, some of us are too stubborn to believe that because we want somebody to blame. I wish I had somebody. Adam and Eve in the garden, rather than taking responsibility for their actions, they blame God, and then they blamed each other. And then lastly, 
they said like Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. But I stopped by to tell you, amen, that your battle is not with people. Your battle is with a spiritual force that is so deep, amen, that if you really knew, if you were to pull the curtain back right now, if you were to just drag the curtain back and you took a peek into the spiritual realm, you will realize that there's a war going on over your soul. The fact that you got up this morning, the fact that you woke up and made up in your mind that I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. You ever notice that every time you try to think about going to church, how everything starts going wrong, your shoe break, you can't find your wallet, can't find the keys, baby crying, all kinds, car won't start. I mean, and the list goes on. And that's the early stages of your Christian life. When you recognize like, what is wrong? Why is it ever? Sunday morning we got to fight and cuss and argue and carry on because you trying to get to church can you imagine that you're trying to get to the place where the word of God is being preached where God is glorified and worshipped watch this and yet you have such a battle to get there it ain't the church it ain't the pastor it ain't the people in the church it's spiritual warfare and oftentimes we're not equipped we don't know, I said it earlier, that certain denominations have distorted spiritual warfare. Satan has told a lie that he does not exist. He wants us to believe that he does not exist. Sometimes the Bible says, and the Bible is true, the Bible says he disguises, he says, no wonder Satan disguises himself come on somebody, as an angel of light to deceive the believers. But I want to say this to you. You have what you need. You have what you need. And can I tell you something? God has given you everything you need. But there are six things, six essential things that you will need in order to dress for success. Are you with me? What do you do and how do you cope with the realities that there's a war? Amen. Uh, with spiritual forces. What do you do when the greatest lie that Satan ever told is that he does not exist? How do you prepare? How do you know that it's a spiritual battle versus a regular battle? How do you know it's because you didn't change your oil that your engine locked up? Wish I had somebody. Amen. I believe the devil has, has engine demons, you know. All of a sudden, your car won't start. Yeah, the stuff happen like that. It's the unusual stuff that happens. You understand? Stuff just won't work, and then you go back after you come back from church and it starts. Oh, I've been living in this thing a little while now to see what he can do. And so there's spiritual forces that we're dealing with. But here's the deal. Paul is writing to this church at Ephesus. Here's what had happened to this church. This is the same church that Jesus said that they kept the false teachers out, but they failed to maintain their love for Christ. See, here's the thing. They were Bible thumpers. They were exegeting the word. They, they were solid in the word of God, right? They kept all the false teaching out, but they fell out of love with Jesus. So it's possible to know all this word and not love Jesus. This is the church that Paul, that Jesus 
reprimanded. And it's the same church that Paul is trying to encourage. Now, let me show you something. If you back up to verse 1, you'll see that what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to make the fight or, or, or try to get you to believe that the fight is with your children. It's right there. Look, it's, these are the closest relationships that you have in life with your children. Then he goes on saying, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Watch this. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Here's what Satan has done. He has knocked off all, most men. Most men can't, don't, they don't use the Bible to instruct. Most men don't know the word. They don't, they're not leading spiritually at home. So if he can knock you off at home, watch this, spiritually get you off the marker and watch this, but, but watch this damage your children rather than discipline them and teach them in the Lord. How many men are teaching their children about the Lord? So Satan has a strategy. This is a strategy. Paul is using this context to show us that what the enemy wants to do, he wants to destroy the family. Are you with me? If he can destroy your family, but not just family, he wants to destroy you at work. Look at verse 5. He says slaves. Now, in this context, we're, we're going to say that's employee. Are you with me? He says slaves, be obedient to those who are your bosses, masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. So what he wants you to do, he wants you to get up and go to work every day thinking it's the boss. Thinking it's the person in charge that's the problem. I wish I had somebody. Tell your neighbor it's not with flesh and blood. It is not. And so he says, he says, but look, he says, but when you serve, when you work, don't do it to prove something to anybody. Work as if you're working for God. People, you don't have to just work in church, you know. To work for the Lord. What you do as an occupation can be done in the spirit as you're doing it unto who? The Lord. Then verse 9, he said, well, I ain't just going to leave out. I'm not just going to leave out. I'm not just going to deal with the employees. But let me deal with the bosses. He says, and masters. <laughs> he said, do not do the same thing to them. And what? And give up what? Threaten, quit, quit, quit threatening to, quit, to, to fire them. Quit threatening them, threatening them to write them up. That's if you have a Christian boss, that is. See, so if you look at the context, right? Now, I'm showing you the context. The context tells us that the battle that the devil wants us to get into is a people fight. He wants me to not like you and you don't like me. If I say, if I correct you, he wants you to get mad. If I say something to you, he wants you to get upset. He wants you to be so short-fused with people that you miss the fact that the fight is not with people. Read verse 10. Finally, be what? Strong in the Lord. And in the what? Strength of his might. Watch what he says now. Here's the command. Put on what? The full armor. The problem is... We are not dressed for battle. Here's the thing. When you get up in the morning and you walk out your door and you ain't prayed, you're talking about, I said, thank you, Jesus, and the Lord, thank you. I ain't talking about that kind of prayer. 
I'm talking about getting dressed. I'm talking about putting on the full armor. I'm talking about devotion. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about reading your word. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about asking God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. A lot of us walk out our doors every day and we are naked spiritually. We're wide open. And guess what Satan does? He starts working overtime. You go to get your cup of coffee in the store, and then all of a sudden you're into something with somebody. Something else happens, and your day just starts going down. You think it's the environment that you're in, but God says what you're not, you're not dressed. You're not protected, so you're going to feel the penetration of the enemy's world because it's a spiritual darkness and wickedness that you're dealing with when you walk out these doors. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Watch this. When we open that doors and you walk out, you're walking right into the gates of hell. The world is waiting for you and the world wants to defeat you. But thanks be to God that I have six things to prepare me to face the world, to face these warfare. To face the struggle. Watch what he says. He says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm. See, here's the problem. Problem is many of us are falling. We're not standing firm. Here's what it means to stand firm. Remember that sermon I preached when I said in the book of Habakkuk, when I said he'll give you hinds feet. He says, when you're standing on the cliff, and you feel like you're about to fall over, God will transform your feet so you can dig in. What the soldier had was the right shoes that would dig in. I'm going to say it one more time. It's like cleats. What you do is when you have the right shoes on, you will dig in and you will stand firm in your position for Christ. You won't compromise what you believe. You won't be turning and twisting and looking for this and looking for that. You will stand firm, watch this, against the schemes of the devil. Now let me say this to you. The word schemes is methodio in the Greek and that word simply means deceit. Satan will try to deceive you to get you to stop standing firm. If you, brothers, let me say, let me talk to the men. You know why he don't want you in church? Because, guess what? If you stand firm in the word of God, if you stay on your post, you start getting stronger. But the moment that he can use deceit and use schemes to push you out of your position, guess what? Everything starts falling apart. And who does he start with first? The man. Why? Because the man is supposed to be bringing up his children in the discipline of the Lord. I wish I had somebody. In the instructions of the Lord. I wish I had somebody. And so what he does is he pushes us out of position. And when you stand firm though, you start getting stronger. When you stand firm, you realize that, no, it's not my wife. Come on, somebody. It's a scheme that the devil is trying to do right now to get me to get off of my post. Are you with me? 
Look at verse 12. I'm going to wrap it all up in verse 12. He says, for our struggle is what? Is wit? It's not against flesh and blood. But against what? Rulers? I already talked about that. Against powers, against world forces of this darkness. Come on, somebody. This is Bible. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness. In where? So then he says, if you notice verse 11, he says, put on the armor. But look at verse 13. He says, take up the armor. <laughs> I'm sorry, the full armor. First he says, what? Put on the armor. Now, the reason he says take it up is because he has the idea possibly that you've tried it on before. <laughs> three, piece of the, three pieces of the armor is with you all the time. The other three you have to be intentional about. He says take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to do what? Resist, not rebuke. You can't put all on Satan. He's slippery. He'll slither his... Matter of fact, you just helping him get in. I talked about that on Wednesday. We got people anointing everything and, and the devil coming right in. Lord have mercy, I got quiet. I know I messed with your theology right there, but let me say this to you. You cannot rebuke the devil out. You don't have that power. But what you can do is what? Resist him. What can you do? You can, the, the text tells us with the armor on, watch this, when I'm fully dressed, watch this, I can resist him. You know what that word resist means? To oppose him. Some of us are weak to the devil. We say yes all the time. Lord have mercy. The word resist means to be able to cope in a bad situation. The word resist means to set yourself against evil, to oppose evil, to not give in to what the devil is trying to get you to believe. Are you with me? He says when you pick up the full armor, when you take it up, you'll be able to resist what day in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. He says now, stand firm Therefore, you got the therefore, right? Was it therefore? Everything we said already, all right? He says, number one, here's how you do it. He says, having gird your loins. Are you seeing that? He says, having what? Girded your loins with what? Truth. So here's the first thing you need to do if you're going to win this battle. We have to live according to to truth. Before a Roman soldier put on his armor, he had to put on a belt around his waist that held up his garment. And it held his garment up. It served as a place which he would hang his armor. Are you with me? And, and if we can win this battle, we can't have vulnerable points. Here's what I'm trying to say. Satan wants us to live on feelings, not facts. He wants us to trump up stuff in our minds. He does not want us to live according to the word of God. Here's what he wants you to do. He wants you, watch this, to doubt the word of God. You and I, if we're not girded up 
by truth if we're not standing on the word of God. Matter of fact, if, why, why do you think he doesn't want you to understand the word of God? So the first essential thing that you need is this. We must live according to what God's word says. Here's what truth is. Truth is this, that you believe what God says is true is true. And there's no doubt. So here's, here's an example. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I wish I had somebody. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. By faith we live, by faith, not by sight. If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, guess what? The doors will open. If you live your life according to not what if, but truth. Can I help you with something? You will be able to resist on that evil day. It's about getting dressed for battle. Usually, a believer who does not live, watch this, the truth is weak when it comes to attacks. So in other words, they don't have nothing to fight back with. In other words, the devil can just whisper a lie and then all of a sudden you believe it because you have not gauged it against the word of God. Here's the thing. I'm about to lose this house. I'm about to lose this car. I'm up and I'm worried. How are we going to make it? Gas price high. Rent's going up. All this stuff. Well, last time I checked, Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek ye first. Oh, I wish I had. Th that's truth. I'm going to say it one more time. That's truth. Here's what I'm saying by truth. He says, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto me what things if you look at the context he says food clothing and shelter and so I'm no longer going to give the devil an opportunity watch this to cause me to start believing the lies that he's been telling me about myself I'm not good enough I can't do this it's too hard for me come on somebody listen when you've girded yourself with truth you can stand in the strength of the word of God you can utilize all of the resources and all of the promises that you have from God. All 7,867 promises that you have from God, you can stand on that because that is truth. The devil wants us living in the what ifs. Listen, God ain't going to give you something and take it back. Are you with me? Now, if it's ruining you, yes, he will take it from you. Are you with me? If you made it, made it an idol, then yes, he will take it from you. But there's nothing that God will give you. That's truth. And take it back from you. Are you with me? He says next, he says, now that's the first thing. This is the armor right here. He says, gird your loins with truth. Remember, your loins are the place that you need to protect. Are you with me? Your loins is where you give life. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And what he wants to do is get in that piece of your life and guess what? Destroy everything that God is trying to birth out of you. Do I have a witness? And watch this. Watch what he says next. Watch what he says next. And having put on the what? The breastplate of what? Righteousness. A soldier's breastplate would protect his chest from an enemy's attack. But not only will it 
protect your chest, but it protects your heart. And a lot of us, like I said, we get up in the morning. We don't put no, we don't put no breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> we just get up and walk out. And the devil said, yeah, I'm going to get in your heart today. I'm a, I'm, you're going to have the worst day of your life today. Because I know how to do that to you because I'm getting to your heart. And guess who you're going to blame? You're going to blame God for it. The breastplate of righteousness. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The breastplate of righteousness, watch this, is where you cover your heart, but also it's where the sanctifying process begins. Where, watch this, where, where righteous living begins. Watch this. So here's the next thing. We must make what? Righteousness a way of life. You know what righteousness is? Right living. I'm going to say it one more time. What the devil wants us to do is not live right. He wants us to live wrong and say we're living right. Righteousness means that you are sanctified by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and now you're doing right. Listen, you may not do right all the time, maybe 98% of the time. You may mess up 1%, all right? But guess what? When you are practicing righteousness, I'm talking about the right way of living. I'm talking about walking differently. I'm talking about talking differently. I'm talking about but doing things right. You're not doing any undercut stuff at the job. You're not stealing. You're not, you're not doing stuff where God is not glorified in what you're doing. Righteous living. Can I tell you something? When you put on that breastplate of righteousness, watch this, you'll get convicted when you don't do right. Come on, somebody. Godly living will pay off in the end. I wish I had somebody. If we put the breastplate of righteousness only when we're attacked, then we won't live righteous. We have to live righteously in a fallen world. Is it possible? Yes. Here's, here's what I want to say to somebody. You can't say you're living righteously if you don't only come to church on Christmas, Easter, and, and on Mother's Day. You have to come to get information so that you can live righteously you don't know how to live righteously until you're taught now watch this we have a form of righteousness that doesn't belong in this bible all right we have a form of righteousness but he says put on this breastplate of righteousness put this on right here see this breastplate right here it's going to protect your heart from being broken from being hurt but when you're living right saints are you hearing me? I'm not talking about getting up here and preaching and then stepping down and living something differently. People always talk about the pulpit, but boy, if we were to take a survey of the pew. I wish I had somebody. Look what he says next. He says, breastplate of righteousness. He says, and having your what? Feet. What? Should with the what? You know the word should that means to bind it up. Wrap it up with some duct tape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you have it taped up so tight, so binded so tight that watch this, you're going to stand. Now watch this. Having your feet shud with the 
preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. Listen, the Roman soldier were made, their sandals was made with nails. Like cleats. So that they would have a firm grip on the ground. That's how they're able to stand firm. So the next thing you got to do is we must keep standing on the foundation and the fundamentals of your faith. Now watch this. The gospel saves you. But the gospel brings peace to your life. A lot of us are looking for peace in a bottle. In a pipe. In an environment. At a restaurant. In the right, right ambiance. You understand what I'm saying? But peace doesn't come that way. When you have been saved, the gospel continues to work in your life. Watch this. The gospel keeps working. I'm talking about the fundamentals of your faith. The foundation of how you were saved. You got to believe in the assurance of salvation. You got to believe that when the devil starts saying, nah, you ain't good enough. You got to say, I confess with my mouth and I believed in my heart that Jesus died and he was buried and he rose from the dead. But not only that, devil, but here's the thing I want you to know. The foundation has already been laid. But here's the fundamentals of the faith. I have angels all around me. I got grace and mercy. I got more than what you're trying to tell me because my foundation has already been laid. The gospel brings peace. When you're in the midst of the storm, you got to remind yourself of the day that you said, Jesus, come into my heart. And when you know that you're saved, the devil will not be able to convince you or move you because your feet is planted on the gospel. Your foundation is strong. The fundamentals have been laid. You don't have to go back to elementary Christianity school. You can stand on that thing and you can say, God, thank you. The gospel saves. The gospel brought me peace because I remember when I had no peace. But if you stand long enough on the word of God, you'll realize peace was always there because you have the gospel working in you. Do I have a witness? See, the foundation of your peace is not based on circumstances. No. Listen, you're stepping out with open-toe shoes. And that's why when he stomp you, you fall down. He tells you lies. You ain't saved. If you were saved, you wouldn't live like that. If you were really a Christian, guess what? You'd be further along. And those are the lies, but watch this. And then he sends the storms. But when the storms come, you got to remind the devil that my foundation has already been laid. Jesus paid the price, so you are a liar. I'm dressed. 
he says, he says, he says, your feet is shod with the preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. Now look what he says in verse, I got four minutes. Look what he said in verse 16. He says, in addition to what? Take up what? Take up the shield of faith. Notice, it didn't start with the head. See, a lot of us think it started the head. It started with the belt. Then it went to the breastplate. Then it went to the, oh, y'all getting it now. And then it went to the what? Give me my next point. That's where the problem is. We fickle. We up and down. We get mad one day. We'll start this process, but we're not faithful. Check it out. He says, in addition to taking up, taking up the shield of faith, that's what it is. Amen. Faith in God, faith in God completes your perfect trust in God. And you know what faith is? What is faith? Believing that what God says is true is true. That's what faith is. But here's the thing. We struggle because we're not faithful. Saints, let me help you with something. Faithfulness God rewards because you're giving him a reason to keep investing in you. Lord, make me faithful. Lord, I don't want to be pumped to be faithful. I don't want to be primed to be faithful. And listen, I got to reevaluate my faithfulness because listen, if you have a kink in your armor, if you have an opening in your armor, he gets in. You could be fully dressed, but you leave a little opening. Listen, listen. Here's what the, our faith does. Look what it says. It says, the shield of faith which will be able to extinguish all of the what? Flaming what? Arrows of the evil one. The devil is always shooting arrows at you. Oh, the arrow of doubt. The arrow of deception. And remember, when the arrows come, the shield is there to what? Deflect it. The shield is there to put it out. But if you ain't got no shield, is this making sense? If you ain't got no shield over your heart, if you ain't got no shield around your belt, around, on your feet, if the devil just keeps shooting these darts, listen, you don't see the darts, but it's there. He's fighting right now. You want to fall asleep? You like, what do you say? That's the dart of sleepiness. The dart of distraction. The dart of doubt. But you ain't got nothing to deflect. You, you, you just... Watch this, watch this. I'm done, I'm done. I'm done, watch this. He, he says, watch this. You, you, know, you know what that flaming dart means in the Greek? The word means to damper your spirit. To hinder your spirit. When he shoot, remember, it says, it says what? The, 
notice the nature of the arrow. Two, na two things about that arrow you need to know. Number one, it's flaming. It's going to burn down stuff. And number two, it's evil. You really think the devil mean you good? But if you ain't dressed, if you ain't armed, if you don't have these essential things going on in your life every day, if you're not faithful to the Lord, if you're not faithful to him, guess what? You're going to have an inconsistent spiritual life. The last thing he says, and I'm glad he left the, this for last. He says, and take the what? Helmet of what? Salvation. And then what? The sword of the spirit. Well, I'm gonna get to that. He says, he says, what? The helmet of salvation. So the next thing we need to have, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we must have the mind of Christ. Can I tell you something? Satan wants to mess with this. A lot of us, you know what our problem is, our minds. We think negative, and here's where our negative thinking come from. Those arrows that got in. If you ain't putting on your helmet every day. See, a lot of us start with the helmet, and we, we, we leave all the rest out. We got some slick Christians, you know. <laughs> you say, what do you mean by that? Slick Christians are like this. They think that they know how to do this. So they're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't need no breastplate today. I'll just put the helmet on. Let me roll. <laughs> and then he got into your heart. He may have gotten your mind, but he got your heart. And guess what? Once you get your heart, eventually you're going to get your mind. Now, what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? What does that mean? That means to think spiritual thoughts. Having the mind of Christ means your mind is sanctified by the Holy Spirit and you're, you're, you're thinking spiritual thoughts, not so spiritual where you know earthly good. Okay? But you can look at a situation and rather than think the worst, come on somebody, you can think the best. You can say I'm a conqueror. You can say I see potential in this situation because you have the mind of Christ. Lastly, he says... And the sword of the spirit, which is, and that word, word of God means rhema, means right now. The word is good right now. And so the last thing we must do, or must have, we must know how to what? You don't never come to Bible study. You're here on Sundays. I appreciate you. I really do. But Sunday, Wednesday is where you come to learn how to use the word of God in your battles. That's where you grow. You can't grow on Sunday. I only got 35 minutes. Now, the word of God here refers to the preached word. That's uttered, the utterance of God in accordance to the Holy Spirit in the heart of the preacher. I wish I had somebody. Here's what we need. We need a daily dose of the word so we know how to use it in battle. Here's the thing. I'm going to use this illustration. You can't take an AK-47 and put it in the hand of a little child. You see what that's getting us. 
right? You with me? Now, if you're not trained to use the word, how in the world are you going to, some of us are shooting the wrong people. We taking scripture out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We taking scripture. My God will supply all my needs. Baby, that scripture ain't for you. That's for the preacher. Amen. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan for a few. That ain't for you. That was for Israel. If you don't know how to use the word, you will always be defeated. You'll be partly victorious, but not all the way victorious. So that's why you got to know how to use the word of God daily. Are you with me? Many people, uh, I don't know if you remember those TVs. Remember them big TVs back in the day? They had picture in picture. Um, you know, where you can watch the main show. And then on, on, on the little screen right up there, it, it's, it's called picture in picture. The main show is what's being covered on the screen, but the picture in picture is simply another show to glance at while you're watching the main show on the television. For many of us who attend church, the service is like picture in picture. People go to church to receive a picture in picture experience. They receive spiritual information. They hear spiritual truth. They sing spiritual songs, but it's not the main show. They're thinking about, man, did I cut the stove off? <laughs> Amen. Do I have enough gas to get back home? Instead, when they leave church, <laughs> when they leave church, that's the main show. They go back to work. They go back to their family life. They go back to their day-to-day -day struggles. Sunday morning is only a picture-in-picture -picture experience. But if you have the six essential things, you can win the battle and make life, the word of God, the main show. Give God a hand clap of praise, y'all.